There are no safe places in the world. I'm going to debunk that lie and myth that's been propagated to this next generation of millennials. There are no safe places. Now, a couple weeks ago, Ed threw balls out in the congregation, so I thought we'd up the ante this morning. (laughs) Have I got your attention? There are no safe places. Life from the very start is danger and peril, and you don't know what a day will bring. It's chaos, and that's why every day is precious, because you don't know whether it's going to be your last. There are no safe places. I'm a living testament that drinking out of a garden hose for years and years, well, maybe it did affect me a little bit. I was uh, at a playground yesterday with a young father. His name was Brian and his son, Jack. Jack had just fallen off, not the beanstalk, but the, the slide, and got, his, got a, a, a sliver up in his palm, and his dad had dug it out. And, of course, his dad sent pictures to the, Jack's mom, and mom, in a frantic panic, called Brian to make sure Jack's surgery went well, and they just had this discussion of, it's a bliss, it's, it's, a, it's a sliver. Uh, there are no safe places in life. That's what makes life exciting, by the way. Uh, The birth of Jesus Christ was a dangerous proposition. Even before he was born, he was causing a cross-cut, circular call, hammer-throwing chaos before he ever was born. We have in Matthew's account the birth of Jesus Christ in the first chapter. And I want you to think about it. How God did it. And how unprotected all this was and how wild it was. Um, In a big town, big city, you can hide stuff. But you know in small towns, everybody knows everybody's business. Do they not? Well, when Mary got pregnant via the Holy Spirit, how do you think that story went over in backwater Nazareth? This is scandal from the very start. When I see that immaculate conception, I always think of the, the, the young girls over the centuries who have come to their parents pregnant and say, but we never... No, there's only been one immaculate conception, and you're not it. But Joseph didn't know that when he got the word, and we're in small-town Nazareth, and this girl who was 14, 13, maybe 15 at the most, was in the mess of her life. You know, this whole birth and God moving just upsets everything. Oh, by the way, in a story, in a movie, in a book, characters that do not change throughout the story are called flat characters. They're boring. You get to the beginning of the book and you get to the end and there's no change and no movement and they haven't turned good or turned evil. It's... But when God comes into the scene, doesn't he shake everything up and change everyone? Those characters, we who hear the word of God, are changed to the good 
or embitter to the bad. Man, you talk about news shaking a town up. Turn to Matthew chapter 1. And let's look down at Matthew's account of the birth of a king in a most unusual way, in a most unusual place, in a set of circumstances that just turned everyone on their ear. If you think this wasn't a scandal, 30 years later when Jesus is ministering in Nazareth and he's accused by the leaders of Nazareth and and they kind of, of, of doing his works according to the devil, and Jesus says, you're of the devil, and they look back at him and said, we're not the ones that were born in fornication. You were. They don't say you were, but that's exactly what they were implying. This was 30 years after, and he still was labeled the product of fornication, of immoral activity. Scandal. Look down at verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ, let that phrase sink in, that God had a birth, that Jesus stepped out of heaven and was placed in the womb of a virgin and spent nine months inside of Mary. It's just... It's it's beyond what we can comprehend, is it not? That God Almighty, I believe in the virgin birth because I believe in the deity of God and that God could pull this off. Is it important to believe in the virgin birth? You better believe it is. Because if you don't have a virgin birth, you don't have a Savior. You don't have God in the flesh. You just have another sinner like the rest of us. But notice his birth and how it plays out. It took place, the old King James says, on this wise. ESV says, in this way. When his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph. Notice it doesn't say when his mother Mary was betrothed to his father Joseph. Notice how carefully scripture and the Holy Spirit protect this precious truth. Of his, of the virgin birth. Joseph was not his father. Scripture never says he was. Notice before they came together, before they consummated physically their relationship, she was found to be with child from the Holy Ghost. Now, <laughs> again, there's nobody in Nazareth who would say, well, this is God. Scripture says it was from, the child was from the Holy Spirit. I'm interested that Mary got this news from the angel. Remember when Mary got the news? And didn't run out all over Nazareth announcing it. In fact, when she got pregnant, she soon found out she was pregnant because her body told her that she was pregnant. I don't have and never will have that experience, but you women do, and you know that have had children that you know. But I find that she still doesn't say anything in Nazareth until the bump. You know, the baby bump. The one that can't be denied. The one you see on magazines with a little arrow in toward the actress who has the baby bump. 
She starts walking around, and by the way, they wore loose clothing. Hard to find a bump in all that clothing, but this might have been beyond a few months. Notice how Mary handles it. I'm fascinated. Quiet. Quiet. No show. Anyway, just, just think about that. Notice verse 19, or her husband. Wait a minute, I thought they were betrothed. It goes on, look, her, and her husband Joseph, being a just man, a good man, a man of integrity, wanted to do the right thing and cared about young Mary. Joseph was quite a bit older than her, possibly in his 20s, even maybe in his early 30s. Different culture, different time. That he was unwilling to put her to shame. There were two ways that a man could divorce his wife at this point. He could bring her before the public court. And he could display her for everyone, putting her to shame. Or he could quietly, behind the scenes, write her a bill and send her off. Joseph had no desire to, to embarrass this young girl who had been unfaithful to him, or so he thought. Notice he resolved to divorce her. Now, we, we as uh, Gentiles, and, and Gentiles in the 21st century need some explanation here, because this doesn't make sense. This is the way Jewish tradition went. A man and a woman were arranged to be married. And sometimes that arrangement was long before they were even born. The families got together. And the idea to the Jew was, this was such an important thing, marriage, that it could not be left up to the dictates of the human heart. That women shouldn't choose and men shouldn't choose. And, and there's not a parent among us who hasn't had a young person who dated someone they didn't like. And you were praying, Lord, I hope that doesn't work out. I had a number of those before my present son-in-law came along. And contrary to what he believes, right off the bat, I knew he was a good guy who was one for, for Whitney. He thought I gave him a hard time, and I didn't. But there were guys who I wanted to give a hard time. And Whitney was of such, we can talk about her because she's not here. She was of such that, and I knew her, that if you, if you pulled on the leash, she just pulled harder the other way. My brother, she was dating one fella. My brother came to me. She says, Mike, you got to get rid of him. I said, how do I do it? Just get rid of him. Not good enough for my niece. Fortunately, he wandered off. But parents arrange these marriages, you know, we're having babies born all over the church these days. Okay? Tim and Ashley, you guys are having a boy, aren't you? Well, you might get together with Caleb and Whitney and arrange this marriage between young Adeline and... This is how it was done. And growing up, they knew and learned, oh, he's... Oh, okay. It was acceptable and accepted. Now... When they got of age and they entered the betrothal period, the engagement period, it was a legal agreement between the two. Now, I'll relieve your mind with this. 
Right before that was signed, the girl could back out. She could. She gets, Adeline gets to a certain age, and, and whatever fellow they arrange with, and she says, you know, I'm not doing it, and they let him out of the thing. But once that paper legally was signed that they were betrothed to one another, it was solid. It was as solid as marriage. Uh, but it wasn't consummated. Not until the actual ceremony of marriage took place. That took place, get this, one year after the signing of that paper. Now that's smart. Had a year to work out that stuff. And after that year, the ceremony took place, the consummation took place, and they were fully married. But in the mind of the Jew at this point, Joseph and Mary were fully married. That's why it required a divorce. Okay, everybody got it? All right, let's look back down. Notice verse 20. And as he, Joseph, considered these things, I like that. You got a huge decision in your life to make, don't make it fast. Even if it's as obvious as a pregnant young girl who you were supposed to marry and now she's been unfaithful, he still thought the thing through. How many decisions have we made? We have made quickly and regretted those decisions. I've had my share. Think through it. Even if it's as obvious as the egg on your face, think through it. Consider the implications of what's going on. Although in this case, it looks like Joseph's got a clear-cut deal here. He still considered it. In this time of consideration, in verse 20, Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him. Now, at this point, the scripture is a little blurry to me. Not because I don't understand it, but because last week as I was studying this, I was eating a sweet roll and I drooled on my page. Seriously. And I attempted to wipe it off, and when I did, I smeared the words. And I'm like, really? Really? So I believe it says, Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Thank you. Forever this is smeared. Forever this is a, a reminder of my sin right here. This big old pecan roll, man, that thing was good. And I just looked down, and there's this big old drool spot right there. Saying, Joseph... Notice, son of David. Now let me bring you up to, to snuff, <laughs> pun intended, with how the scripture works when it talks about the son of David, the son of Abraham. Was Joseph really the son of, yes he was. Because to the Jew, they could go back century upon century upon century. And it's still the son of whoever's in your line. We could say John's son is Ben, but Ben is also the son of me and the son of Brad. It could go back and back and back. So there was no grandson here, and I, I think that's an interesting thing to draw from, don't you? That this connection wasn't pop and grandpop and great grandpop and, oh, by the way, that was your great, 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 great grand. We were at the uh, Okefenokee Swamp land, a park with Bennett, and he is a descendant of the Wilds family who was massacred by the Seminole Indians and Billy Boleg back in 1838. Well, of course, four young guys escaped that massacre, and that's how the family went on, 
And Bennett is a descendant of that Wiles. We went in a little museum thing. And I got a picture of, of Maximilian Wiles, his descendant of him in front of him and his wife. It's fascinating. He's from Scotland. Doesn't even have to spit on the thing for the DNA test. He's right there. His name was Maxi, and he was from Scotland. Well, literally, Bennett is the son of Maximilian, because it could go back. So that, that's when you see that, don't let that trip you. Notice saying, Joseph, the son of David. Now, again, this is a gospel about the king of the Jews, and so there's the reference to the Daviatic line. Do not fear to take Mary as your wife. You ready for the bombshell? For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. We'll go back to verse 20. Flip back up. This is a dream. God chose to reveal himself in a dream and told him her pregnancy is a result of the Holy Spirit. Now put yourself in Joseph's shoes. You haven't read Matthew 1. You haven't lived this out. You haven't seen Jesus. Think about Joseph. What are you going to do? Wow, it's a crazy dream, wasn't it? Man, what did I eat last night? We had chili Friday night. Some of the guys had a little trouble with that chili through the night. Joseph might have thought, man, what did I eat? <sighs> Don't have that dream again. This was so vivid and so real to Joseph, he knew that it was God speaking to him. Now, does God speak to us? And I'm not going to say he doesn't speak to us in dreams. I think he speaks right through this thing about 99.9% .9 of the time. Be careful what you interpret out of dreams. But for Joseph, this is how the Holy Spirit revealed this pregnancy to him. And he believed God. There it is. No flat characters. Joseph is changing. Joseph is deciding to embrace scandal. He is deciding to face the, 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 all of his townspeople and his family who's going to call him a fool for taking her. He's going to face all his friends down at the lodge and they're going to make fun of him and mock him. Or worse than that, they'll just turn the other way and won't have anything to do with him anymore. But he's changing and he's by faith he is believing God. And because he's believing God, he's got this thing in his life right here. A circular saw tearing up his relationships, changing everything. When you folks came to Christ and when I came to Christ, you lost friends. You lost family members. They mock you at work. They make fun of us in the paper and on the news. They mock us and praise the Lord. Amen. By faith, believe God and let them all make fun of it. God was tearing his life up and he believed God and he went with what he heard from God. Got it? Let God be true and every man a liar. Let God be true and all common sense and logic fly out the door. Notice verse 21, the dream goes on. She will bear, notice, 
a son, not yours. You're going to raise a child that's not your own. Wow. You're going to raise a child that is not yours. She shall bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. What is Jesus? Jesus is the Greek equivalent of the Hebrew Joshua. That's what it is. Jesus is Greek. It was the most common of names. It was like John in our culture, or Mary. It was a con- There were kids named Jesus all over Jerusalem and all over Israel. Now, nobody's, nobody's named Jesus now for obvious reasons, but back then, you went into a Jewish school or a synagogue and you said, hey, Jesus, five kids would answer that. It was common. Here we have a common child born to a very common woman in a very backwater common town under the umbrella of scandal. But the Hebrew means, well, what does it mean? Verse 21, he will save his people from their sins. Notice he didn't say to Joseph, he will save your people. Notice he didn't say he would save my people, like Israel. Jesus would save the people that came to him, and they would become his. You see, I love that because I'm included in the his people. It isn't just the Jews, it's us now. He saved us. We became his when he became ours. Isn't that beautiful? I am his, and he is mine. We are his people. We're included in that people. And there was a time you weren't included in that people. I want you to think back to that time. I want you to think back to the time when you were not in Christ. Now, if you can't think back to that time, you may not be in Christ. Sometimes you have people say, well, I've always been. You haven't always been saved. There was a time you didn't know Christ. And he sought you. And now you're his people. Notice what he saves them from. He saves us from from sins. There's the offense. You can't share the gospel with someone without talking about the fact that they're sinners. See that? He didn't save them to establish their intellect. He didn't rescue them through some kind of... (laughs) You can't, beat this, you can't beat this point enough in Scripture. That our problems aren't out there. They're in here. Our problems are our circumstances. Oh, I wish I had more money. Who in here would like to have more money? The rest of you are lying right there. Come on. Wouldn't you like to have something new? Wouldn't you like to have a new boss? Wouldn't you like to have a a new neighbor? Watch it. Wouldn't you like to have a new wife? The problem isn't the workplace. The problem isn't the neighborhood. The problem's not even inside my home. It's inside of me. 
I need salvation from Mike. That's who I need deliverance from. I love the fact that this whole process God is in complete control of. The Holy Spirit impregnates Mary. It's discovered. Joseph's fixing to just do the, the right thing. by, And then he stops him in a dream. He says, look, you're going to have a son. That son's almost like he's in control, isn't it? Uh, we've, ben and I, Benny and I went out on a paddle boat yesterday before. And um, I was going to fish off the paddle boat. And you know he was able to reach those old paddles and go down, go down the lake. So I'm like, this is kind of cool, man. I'm on the back fishing, and he's paddling. He's got his little steering here there. I said, Benny, I said, you're doing all the work. I'm having all the fun. I said, that's pretty cool. A few minutes later, I said, hey, how about, how about, I said, Ben, steer the boat over in the shore, because that's where I want to throw the minnow, over there. He said, oh, no, no, no. The fish are in the middle of the lake. They're in the deep water, Pop. I said, no, we had a running argument. He finally turned to me and said, hey, I'm doing all the work. I'll steer the boat where I want. Golly. End of argument. How do you argue with that? In salvation and what God is doing, God is doing all the work, everything. He's steering the boat. He gets to put it wherever he wants. It's true all the way through the Gospels. This is a great God doing great things. He is in control. He is in control of our lives. You know when you got saved? When he was ready for you to get saved. You were born again of the Spirit of God when God was ready to say, I know you chose him, but you know he chose you long before you chose him. He chose the time and the place. He chose the circumstances. He chose who talked to you, if they talked to you. He chose the verses. God, in your being born again, was in complete control. Keep your hand off the rudder of the steering mechanism because God is much, he's doing all the work. He gets to decide. If you want to carry that analogy out, just stay on the back of the boat and fish. Have some fun in life and let God do it. I knew I could work that story in somehow. Look at, look at verse 22. All this took place. Now Matthew's writing again. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Here's the verse out of Isaiah. Behold, the virgin shall conceive. Not a young woman, a virgin. And bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel. It gives us the interpretation in the, in, in, in the parentheses, which means God with us. Not just God for us. God with us. In our Nazareth. In our common life. With his common name. In his normal upbringing. Verse 24. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. How beautiful is that? He took his wife. Verse 25, don't miss this, men. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son. This was a good man. 
who would not, even though he could, did not touch Mary in great honor and respect for the work of the Holy Spirit in her, in that child. That's beautiful. This is a man of deep integrity who wasn't doing this because everybody was watching it. He was doing this in spite of no one knowing and no one watching. Now, how did Matthew know that? How did he know that? Because Mary told him that's why. Only Mary would know. Joseph died soon after this. Not too much. Uh, Now, he, he lived long enough for Jesus to have a bunch of brothers and sisters, but by the time Jesus started his ministry, Joseph was gone, dead, because he's older. Mary told Matthew this because Mary never forgot the integrity of how he treated her when she was pregnant. Got that, guys? Got that? She never forgot how she was treated. Verse 25. And he called his name Jesus. What an amazing, incredible story. No series of, no series of statements here at the end. I just want to let the simplicity and beauty of this story sink into your heart. And how scandalous and how jagged life was for Jesus even before he drew a breath. There are no safe places in life. Thank God there are no safe places. 